Welcome to the Full Potential Podcast. I am your host, Nick Wagner Sr. And every week, I interview guests that share career stories, ideas, and experiences to empower and inspire people to reach their full potential. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Steven Graf, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? It's good to be here. We really, I really appreciate you making time, Steve. So so what we do, Steven, is every Sunday night we interview someone about their career journey. We're going to talk about your career journey tonight. And we stream it, as I mentioned, to LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. And then uh, I'll go ahead and take the audio from this. We'll turn it into the, the Full Potential podcast for those that can't catch it live uh, here on Sunday night or, or don't want to watch it on YouTube. And the whole goal is to inspire people, uh, you know, hearing about your career journey. So we're going we're gonna to go... Uh, we're going to talk all about what you've done in, in your 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 relatively short career at this point, but I think it's it's uh, you've done some really amazing things. So uh, if it sounds good to you, I'd like to start with my first question. I love to ask guests is yeah. if you meet someone and you're at a networking event or you're at a conference for work or, or you know name name the situation, and they say so you know what do you do like who are you? How, how do you answer yeah. that question? What 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 do you, what do you answer? Yeah. Um... Sure. Yeah, um, it's a good question. Normally, I say uh, I'm I'm a product manager uh, of of sorts, right? So um, at the moment, a strong focus on on like health technology, uh, and at the moment, again, more even more specifically, um, kind of behavioral kind of health type tools. Um, that's kind of what I lead with, and then uh, depending on where the conversation goes, uh, tweak it a little bit, but. Um, that's that's pretty much what I do, and it's really what I have a passion for. Just you know, creating products uh, at the end of the day. Now you have, and and we'll we'll dive into like what is what does being a product manager mean? Because I think mm-hmm. for you, it's kind of like yeah, this is what I do. I think for a lot of our guests, they don't necessarily know that. So uh, we'll we'll dive in more detail later. But like at a high level, what is, what is what is a product manager? Like what, what does that mean for our guests? Yeah. So I think there, yeah, like you said, there's definitely different applications. There's definitely different applications um, that, you know, product manager can fall in. Uh, and what I'm doing now, it's really about um, creating an experience um, for uh, kind of a group of individuals um, using using technology. So we're at the moment, right, if you're thinking about some of the projects I'm on, we're using mobile applications, think like a smartphone app. Um, wearable devices, um, in some cases, virtual reality, but using technology to, to create products and experiences for, for people, right? And, you know, usually it's, hopefully it uh, addresses a need or a challenge uh, in, in the market, um, whether it be from a health standpoint or uh, any, any other standpoint, really. Um, that's, that's kind of the goal is that you make people's lives easier uh, with, with new tools. Now, when you were when you were little Steven, way back in the day, yeah. growing up, I'm gonna guess you probably didn't know what a, I'm gonna guess you probably didn't know what a project a product manager was, right? <laughs> when you were a little kid, so no. what was what was your dream when you were a little kid on what you wanted to do when you grew up? What what was yeah. the uh, what was the plan? So I mean, I don't know why, but I was always ec- extremely fascinated with roller coasters, and I really wanted to be a roller coaster engineer growing up. I think part of it was playing that video game roller coaster tycoon part of it was because i loved amusement parks um but that was it i was set on set on you know i want to i want to build roller coasters when i'm older that was that was it i haven't heard that one before i like that one (laughs) um 
I, I, what what do you go to school for to become a roller coaster engineer? It's got. I think it's got to be some kind of engineer, a unique form of engineering, um, or or yeah, mechanical engineering, yeah, or something mechanical like engineering along those lines. Like Ended up not uh, proceeding in that. So you, you, uh, you didn't go down that, that path. Um, no, I didn't. I, you know, <laughs> your, your parents are probably happy you didn't go down that path, right? Because I'm, I'm going to guess there's not a lot of roller coaster engineers in the world, but no, uh, especially today. So, so you ended up, you know, you ended up going to college to the University of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And was 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 that an expectation of, of your of for you as growing up that you were going to college? Was that always like, Stephen, you're going to go to college or, or, or was that up for negotiation with your parents in your household? Yeah, no, it's a good question. For me, it was really um, I really um, I, I, I honestly hadn't even considered what what would like, what would I do if I didn't go to college? Um, I think for a lot of that probably has to do with um, kind of family. I was raising, and I was also thinking back a little bit, um, thinking about like in the way I'm from Switzerland originally, right? And the, the school system there is much different. Um, it's not the same, you know, age groups and classes that go through. But I think people are typically either in school or in what you'd call apprenticeships over there, well into your 20s. And so it kind of made sense, even just from the his- history you know, and my dad growing up in Switzerland, it just made sense to continue education. Um, so from that perspective, it was definitely um, the the option. And for me, I mean, it it definitely bought me a good amount of time to figure out what I wanted to do because I had absolutely no idea at the end of high school. Yeah, so, and I was going to ask you, so you, when you were in high school, did, in high school, did, you know, was your, what did you did you have like a job that helped you figure out that you wanted to be in finance and healthcare management? Like was was that how you ended up picking that major? How did how did you make that make that decision? No, no, not at all. Um, I'm thinking in high school. I think the my jobs were pretty much just like landscaping with friends yeah. around town, um, and even then I remember we had we had tried to start like a. My friend was always editing my papers because I was, you know, grammar and just English in general was never my strong suit. I was always more math science focused. Um, and so he would always help me edit my papers. And I was like, hey, you know, I'd pay you five bucks every time you you edited my paper for me. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, and so I, I remember we set up like a website and we actually got some people to go on it and use it. Oh, that's uh, back funny. then, which was fine. But um, really, it was just landscaping. And so I, I, I really had no idea. Um, my my dad um, my my dad who's in banking would always complain about his job so i knew i didn't want to go like <laughs> serious finance like, banking route um but other than that i had no idea and since it was so wide open i i just was like i guess i'll be a business major i'm good at math i guess that makes sense and so i really was at that point i, I really have to looking back I, I really had no clue where 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 i'd end up or or what I was interested in. I guess I knew I didn't want to do roller coaster engineering anymore. But but see, I don't. I don't think that's uncommon. I you know yeah. I've talked about this with other guests. Right? I mean, the amount of people that I talk to that are like, you know, I wanted to be a nurse since I was five. I went to nursing school uh, and became a nurse and retired as a nurse. Like I don't. I don't. I think that's rare, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think. I think to your point, a lot of a lot of people that they they leave, you know, high school. And really have no idea what they want to do, whether they go to college or not, right? So I don't think you were in a, in a unique situation at all. Unique situation at all. Um, but I think, but obviously, you had some really, I think, inspirational moments at, at the University of Connecticut yeah. that kind of changed who you are as a person 
per personally and professionally. You want to share some of that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think a lot of growing up, like, you know, elementary, middle, high school is really about like learning about growing up and like social interactions and going through school. And so I had really put no emphasis or, or thought into a career at that point. Uh, and so, like I said, I just kind of went into business. And then uh, freshman year of college, I remember one of the prereqs for a biz, being a business major, you had to take some kind of science class. And so I took bio uh, and then just taking biology, like, you know, intro to bio or whatever it was. Um, I just found it extremely exciting. And that was like, that was a kind of a, a, a mini turning point thinking, oh, you know what, like, now that I have to think about what do I want to do, think about what do I want to do, science is really interesting to me, especially biology. And then I was like, maybe I'll do, you know, pre-med sounds awesome. And then the more I kind of floated it around and talked to people, um, that was more and more kind of the direction I, I saw myself going is let's go pre-med, medical school, that, that's what I want to do. And so I didn't want to abandon my business major. So I just decided to take all the prereqs for pre -med, pre -med, the, the pre-med kind of course while being a business major. Right. Um, which ended up working, but um, I guess some some things that kind of even enforced that even more. I took a, I took a trip. I think around, around sophomore year. Um, one, I was always fascinated in traveling, um, and and I don't know if that was partly because I was from Switzerland and I moved a lot, kind of growing up, or what it was from. But I've always wanted to explore, and uh, there was this. Uh, there was this program that was allowing you to go to Ghana uh, and actually help with some kind of medical work uh, in, in a clinic there. And so I absolutely, I jumped right on that. I said, I, what I have to do, I have to get on that, um, uh, in that program. So I did that and uh, it was just that, I think that was probably one of the biggest turning points um, of my life was going on that trip, working in a medical clinic um, and in a completely in, different setting, in, you know, different country, exactly. different continent. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of, it was kind of everything that I was kind of thinking about wanting to do in one, and it completely surpassed my expectations even then. And I was just like, that kind of nailed it down. I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I went forward, was was set on doing the medical. And that was just a volunteer yeah. trip. That was like a, a volunteer. It was a volunteer. Activity. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Um, but I was like traveling medical, this is what I want to do. Uh, and so then, uh, and so then, you know, a couple, maybe a year goes by, uh, and there, there's one, like, there was one thing that happened in Ghana that just stuck with me. And I remember talking to some of the doctors, the physicians we were with in the clinic, and a lot of them would be talking about how, you know, day in and day out, you'd a lot of times get the same patients and, it would be weird because you'd think that patients, the first time that would come through, um, would would get you know they'd get their medication, they'd be good. But a lot of times, what would happen is um, due to just I guess you know health illiteracy or just um, complete illiteracy, um, they weren't able to read the instructions on on the medications that were being oh, given to them okay. or for their or for their kids. And so um, what would happen is you'd have a mother come in one day and then you'd have her coming in two days later and say, you know, my, my child's not feeling any better. Um, we, you know, I gave like half the bottle of Tylenol and then we'll say, oh, you're only supposed to give, and then we'll say, oh, you're only supposed to give, you know, a teaspoon uh, over the past two days. And, and so it was a lot of, not only is it bad, like it, it could hurt the child, right? It, it could also be bad just um, 
for taking, you know, if it's your own medication too, it's, it could be harmful. So that was something that stuck with, uh, stuck with me. And then I brought it up to a friend who was uh, doing, uh, I think he was in biochemistry at the time. Uh, and so we came up with this idea to build a little recording device that could be used called the Parrot MD that could be used to record uh, instructions in any language and uh, give that alongside the medication uh, to patients working in, in medical clinics. Uh, and then after reaching out to, to various, you know, volunteer groups and clinics around the world, we found that this was definitely a need in, in many different parts of the world. Um, obviously, it's, it, literacy is, is growing all around the world at the moment, which is fantastic. But there's still certain pockets and regions where um, regions where um, there's a lot of illiteracy. And so those are the areas that we want to try and uh, tackle with with this little recording device. Um, and so that that kind of got. That, that was another kind of turning point, changed my kind of perspective on things a lot too. A little bit away from the medical side, surprisingly, and more towards the entrepreneurial side. And it became all about, even during school, thinking it like taking all the classes, it became everything that I wanted to do became around that ParadMD device and, you know, getting it in the, the hands of the right people, getting it to the clinics, applying for grants. That got me really excited, um, and so we built a nonprofit off of it, and um, that's kind of how, I guess you could say, the product side started coming out as well. And then by the time I was a senior, right. um, I was so into just the idea of kind of creating and building and selling. Um, although in this case, it wasn't much selling; it was you know, much selling. It was you know, finding funding and and providing. Um, yeah, right. That that that. I was I, I didn't think that the the medical school route was was the right one for me. I was thinking, you know, I'd probably be like eight to ten years before I'd be able to think about something other than, you know, oh, concrete medicine. Yeah, right. school or or you know, residency or what whatnot. And so, um, given my fascination with product kind of kind of design and just creation, um, I, I applied to Cigna and. Um, that was really my first introduction to technology, uh, which I couldn't be more grateful for just taking that route and now um, kind of having grown into a much um, kind of a, a much uh, more mature product, like official product manager uh, position. So the so I, I want to just like reiterate because you want to just like reiterate because you, you, the way you just nonchalantly talked about how you went on a volunteer trip understood a need for people in countries where they couldn't, you know, properly take their medicine. And you're like, oh, I should just create this thing to help people and came back to the United States and then did it. <clears throat> um, right. You, you, you kind of just glossed over like the, the you know, how, how much work that was, right? And I mean, but it really seems like it, it took everything you liked about, you know, helping people and health and building something and travel and kind of put it all into one, right? Yeah. Into one, exactly. um, into, into one unique experience. So what ended up, so you ended up applying to Cigna and you still work at Cigna today, which is how we know each other, but what ended up happening with Parrot MD and this device and, and, and what did you do with, with the nonprofit? Yeah, no, it's a good point. And just to back up a little bit. Yeah, there was a lot of, it took a lot, there were a lot of steps between just going on the, just going on the trip and then having a device to, to give away. Um, there was uh, a lot of uh, we, we worked with some of UConn's, you know, they have a really cool in innovation program 
Um, so we worked through them uh, and, and got some mentors through that, um, understood all about manufacturing, how to manufacture, um, importing and all that. Um, and, and yeah, so then, then coming to Cigna, um, that made, I'm sorry, do you mind backing up to, to your question again? I just lost. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. like, what did you end up doing with the nonprofit? Like, what did oh, you right. do with, with Parrot yeah. MD after you took a full-time job? <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, so we, um, we, we handed it off in a way, right? So it, it was a nonprofit. And funny enough, one of the biggest um, kind of, one of the main clinics that used the product the most was at UConn. There's a, a, a farm workers clinic, workers uh, clinic. Uh, that I think it's a cyclical every year, a certain amount come through Connecticut and help with farming. And a lot of them um, are not, you know, literate in English. And so um, the that clinic at UConn actually ended up buying a majority of the devices. And so oh, we wow. decided just to keep it within Cigna, uh, within Cigna, within UConn and pass it down to others kind of I, I, today, I'm not even sure who's managing it, but we still have, we're, I'm still in contact with the people at UConn Health um, that have the devices and have been giving them out to, to others at the clinics. Um, we, we, we never expanded it beyond that UConn clinic primarily. That's kind of where it ended up and where it's continued to, to work. Um, even though initially we did pilot in other areas um, that, that we thought might be interested, but just the way, logistically speaking, uh, it, we ended up uh, it, we ended up back at UConn, and you know, it's a good use case at least. No, I mean, I mean that's yeah. super cool. I mean, I guess my question for you is, like, what what did you learn from that experience, right? Because I mean, it was mm -hmm. probably you were going to school full time while doing this at the same time, and you know, you were, you put a lot of hours and 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 sweat and uh, sweat equity into this. So, yeah. so what what did you learn from this experience of creating this? You know, understanding a need, creating something to fill the need, getting it manufactured, and finally getting it in the hands of people. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing. Um, I mean, there's there's many lessons, but the, for me, that personally, the biggest takeaway uh, was just that it opened up the entire field of of entrepreneurial um, entrepreneurialism. I don't know if that's the right term, but um, yeah, you know, being having your own company business, I had never even thought that was an option. I didn't even know that that was something people could do. Um, and, and, um, and, and it just opened an entire world to me of designers, you know, makers that were creating th new products. Uh, for me, that was personally the biggest takeaway. Um, I would say that's one. The other thing, um, not, even, not necessarily the product itself, but just going on that trip um, like I said, it just um, passed all, all the expectations I had, and that really gave me a real, you know, itch to travel more, explore more, and it kind of gave me this idea that, you know, that just having new experiences in general, um, at least th this was one example, and I think it carried through many more times, but just putting myself in, into a brand new experience created that new idea right it brought to me a challenge that hadn't been that there wasn't a solution for yet and so just i guess those would be it it's just trying to get myself into new experiences to to see new situations to, to see new situations and then also just bringing my, my whole um you know thinking about entrepreneurialism as as a 
completely new field that I'd never even thought of before. Well, I think what's interesting about this story, right? And I think it, it, I hope it resonates with, you know, people that are, you know, earlier in their career, people that are in college, people that are further along in their career that you, you, you went and volunteered, right? You, you did a philanthropic activity, which ended up literally changing the entire direction of your career. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it's just interesting how it wasn't a class, right? It wasn't a professor you talked to. It was, it was a, this philanthropic experience that changed everything. So right. I think it just, it just shows that, you know, your career journey, again, everyone's just so unique and they're all, they all go in different ways because of different experiences. So I just, I love that story. Um, so, you know, see so, so you, see so you, and I, I love also love to hear that it's still being used today and you passed it on to UConn and that they were supportive of it. I mean, that's such a, that's such an awesome thing. And yeah, how many people you helped, it's probably countless at this point, but, um, so it's interesting because you mentioned like you were an entrepreneur, right? Like you had a nonprofit, you created something, you were an entrepreneur. You and I are very similar. We're both entrepreneurs at heart, but we're both working at a fortune 50 company, right? And a lot of people yeah. probably look at both of us and think to think to themselves, well, how can you be entrepreneurial at a, at a, at a fortune 50 company when you don't own your own business? Right. So do you want to share a little bit about, so you, I know you, I know you, we, we can't go into details about what you do, but you're a product, you're a product manager. Yeah. How does your entrepreneurial spirit help you at a company like the size of Cigna where we work? Um, in the job that you do? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think um, right for me right now, it's um, it continues to be kind of following that passion, right? So it's still right. So it's still in the, it's still in the health space. Uh, and specifically, I mean, I get just briefly just on some of the work I'm doing is around kind of the behavioral health space, right? And so um, and I actually think I saw a post from you not too long ago about anxiety and things like that. It's definitely something I've dealt with in the past. Uh, and so when we think about kind of bringing entrepreneurship into um, kind of a corporate enterprise, I think there's a, I think it's called intrapreneurship. I think there's another term yeah, for it technically they, they, they at a company term. or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's similar. It's still building products, right? Um, using kind of the design thinking, kind of understanding a challenge and trying to create a tool that's going to solve that that need right or challenge in the market for, for certain people and so a lot of stuff like i said was in the behavioral field that's what i'm working on now and it's about identifying the people that need, identifying the people that need it need, need a solution building a, a tool or product that will meet those them. needs right. to help right. them and so i think that that's kind of where that entrepreneurial whether whether it's your own company and product or whether it's a new product within another company, it's the same process. It's the yeah, same yeah. exploration and then kind of agile, I guess you would call it now in the corporate world, you know, build and test and then, you know, deploy kind of kind of cycle. And so in that way, I, I'd say it can absolutely be entrepreneurial in, in a corporate area, uh, especially um, and I feel very grateful, you know, to have a role that I'm able to kind of use some of those skills uh, in, in developing new new solutions. Well, I think it's helpful that you, you, so, you know, for those that are listening, we work at Cigna, which is a health services company. So we, we help, you know, people either stay healthy or become healthy. And I think you're you're and I think your your passion for health and helping people obviously is when you get to work on something that you're passionate about, it obviously makes it a lot easier to go to work, number one. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And then number two, to your point, you're trying to solve a problem. And I just, I just love how you're sharing, you know, how you're being entrepreneurial at a large company. Cause I think it's a very common misconception that you can't be entrepreneurial unless you're on your own, your own business. And I just, I yeah. completely disagree with that. Right. Because I think you and I are, are good examples of, of people that are entrepreneurial at heart, but are working at large companies, but, but taking advantage of it. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it seems like, and you know, over your, how long you've been at Signal now, it's I think a little bit over five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. About. So, you know, I, I know you've worked on a variety of different projects over those five years, you know, on a wide variety of things, but all related to, to health and wellness of people. Um, what is, why is, why is the health and wellness of people something that you're so interested in? People something that you're so interested in, right? I mean, you, you yeah. mentioned it, it wasn't it wasn't something like it wasn't growing up, right? Because you wanted to do roller coasters, right? Your, yeah. your dad wasn't a doctor, um, but you ended up, you know, thinking you wanted to be a doctor. You went on this mission. Like, what what is it about this field that you're mm -hmm. so passionate about? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's probably a combination. I. A lot of it's just internally, it, it makes me feel good, you know, yeah. to help other people. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, volunteer work, it's the same thing. You get some kind of um, benefit just from doing it. Um, but I mean, in the beginning, it was the science, I was the science. I was extremely fascinated by the science that went into it. And even today, um, I'm constantly reading books on just, I just read a book called Breath, which was really interesting. Um, it's about breathing techniques um oh, and and so I'm, I'm i'm always like always still interested in it myself um and I'm, I'm by no means am i a biohacker or anything but i will test things out you know different sleep cycles breathing techniques meditations all those things are fascinating to me things that i've played around with and um i think part of that it's just following that passion right and and being able to do that um at work is is even better um i would say that like you mentioned i've had a lot of different roles at Cigna already. Um, and it wasn't, there wasn't one particular one um, that, that I said that I, you know, I have to stay here forever. Um, but I think what was really nice was being able to kind of understand every time I was in a position, understand, here's what I really like about understand. Here's what I really like about this position. Um, here's what I want to keep. And then here's where I would like to grow and then try and go further into that direction. Up to now, it's always been kind of pushing more and more towards innovation, more and more towards product. Um, and so that's kind of, I am where I am now. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice uh, about, you know, what, what you learn in a role and how to find the next one. So, mm -hmm. so I want to talk about, I want to pivot a little bit because you, you mentioned, you just kind of nonchalantly said earlier in the, in the interview that you were born in Switzerland. You moved around a lot when you were a kid. Uh, you eventually ended up here in the United States in Connecticut and you went like, so we, you went to the university of Connecticut and over the past year, you've actually been traveling. So pre COVID you've been traveling, you were traveling the world. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. cause I, I follow you on Instagram and I'm like, you were in like a different country. It seemed like every week or <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's a really interesting time to talk about this because that's because the whole idea of working from anywhere, right. Um, has really gained some traction with, with COVID-19 because so many companies have sent everyone to work remotely, right? And, you know, we have yeah. very few people, um, unless you were in a role where you, where you would need to be in a manufacturing facility or in an office or, you know, or doing something like, or you're a, you're a doctor, of course, something like that. Uh, most office work, which w w I would define what you and I do, mm -hmm. we're working at home, right? Or remotely. And uh, 
pre-COVID, you were you were doing this, right? So explain explain yeah. to our audience like how are you traveling the world and working, and, and what what how did you make that happen? Because that seems like a dream for a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a split second decision at it by any means. It was definitely um, well thought through for for over a year, I think, before we actually went on the trip. So for some background, I, I went with my. Um, one of my close friends from college, actually this friends from college, actually the same friend that I worked on the, the Paradigm D device with. Um, and we, we had decided, I, what we, I guess in 2018, at some point in 2018, we, I just shot him a text and I, and I said, Hey, wouldn't it be great if we could go, you know, travel, travel around, travel, tr- travel around the world. And, uh, to my surprise, he was absolutely, um, keen on doing it <laughs> and so uh we said all right well let's do it and so just like paradigm d or like a startup we were like all right well, where do we start what do we have to do to make it happen uh and so originally we set a date for i think early like 2019 like maybe even like january or, or february um to go and we we said here's you know i, I was working on a project uh product i guess at, at the time at cigna and i said you know by this time the product should be rolled out. Um, I think, you know, that, um, I think, you know, that that would be a good moment to, to go travel. And, and we were really, um, one thing we had to do, obviously you save, save money for the trip, right? We're going to be traveling for an extended period of time, um, to make sure it was a good time to leave. So, like I said, I was towards the end of a product uh, launch, um, and where kind of that role would have kind of fizzled out. Um, and so I was thinking that would be good, good timing. Uh, and I was mentally ready to really, um, at all costs, you know, I was set on traveling. I was like, this is real. this is what I need to do right now in my life. Um, this is what I want to do. I'm just interested. I want to get more experiences. Um, and so and, I was and you, kind of, and you know, not married, no mortgage, things like that. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. You, you weren't tied to renting. a specific location. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was like, if there's a time to do it, now's the time. Uh, so I'm just going to go for it. And um, what happened was, like, I guess, in any startup or entrepreneurial venture, you know, for entrepreneurial venture, you know, things don't work out always as planned. Right. right. Um, and so we, we pushed the date out to, like, June of, of 2019. And then uh, my, my product still wasn't finished yet. So I was like, all right, we got to push it out again. So we pushed it out until, like, August. And uh, the original plan was actually we had, we had bought a, a big, like, RV, you know, those Sprinter vans. Yeah, uh, we bought a big one and we spent like I don't know, two months or so um, renovating it. So just ripping every all the guts out from inside and just building out the inside to make it look really cool. Um, like a, yeah, we had everything in there, like a fridge, toilet, you know, we're carving in the, the roof to build like ventilation and stuff. Um, so we really built out this whole thing and we were ready to go in um, – I guess in like late July, it took us way longer than we had <laughs> estimated to build out the van. And so then in August came around and we're like, all right, we're ready to go. Um, and, and at the same time, and, and at the same time, um, my, my project was still going on, but we were in a much better spot. And so I felt ready to at least talk to my manager about um, going on this, going on this trip. Right. And so when I walked in, I, you know, it was a little nerve wracking at the beginning, but I just, I, I said, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about for oh, almost over a year now. Um, I really think now's the time in my life that, that I want to do something like this. To your point, there are a lot of reasons why now's a good time. Right. Um, and uh, I just kind of, 
said it, explained why I wanted to do it. Um, and my manager just thought about it and, and, and was saying, you know, it, that makes sense. And at the time I had also been, we'd been working around, you know, we'd been already working on a little bit of work from home, a little bit in the office. Um, and I'd been working with him for, you know, a few years at that point. So it was, it wasn't, we had, we had a good trust, I guess I should say. Yeah, and so, no, I guess I should say. Yeah, and so, no relationship, I, right. We had a relationship. And so I think he, he felt comfortable, uh, you know, asking what about doing part-time where I would stay on that product or project and at the same time do the traveling. And I thought that that was a really good kind of compromise that way I could yeah, really con continue the work I was doing, uh, but also go, go on this trip. And so, um, Funny enough, kind of the exact same thing happened with my friend that asked uh, <laughs> at his company. And uh, so that was it. Then we were off. And then, like, soon enough, I guess, like, end of August or so, we started driving off on our van and got about 50 miles out of Boston. And then it broke down on us. <laughs> and so <laughs> all that time we had spent building it out, that was probably, like, the lowest point. We, it was just totally, we brought it in. They said it was completely totaled. We're like, we couldn't believe it. And so we were, and so we were both at this point, we had, we had, you know, so, sold, sold the car, solar car. We didn't have a rent. So we, we didn't have a place to live. We had both just like technically kind of quit, gone part time with, with our jobs right. officially. And now we had no plans because our, our cars totaled and so we were just sitting there i remember just being in a cafe with him and we we're just looking at each other like what are we gonna do like we're this isn't this isn't at all what we planned so was your was your original plan to drive around the united states originally so the original plan was a little crazy it was we were gonna drive all the way up to alaska and then drive all the way down to the bottom of argentina so or like wow. brazil so we were just gonna do a huge road trip that we Got estimated it. would take about a year maybe a little more um that was the end and sell sell it down in brazil somewhere and fly back up that was the game plan but obviously that that didn't pan out <laughs> considering no. we didn't even make it out of the northeast and uh east and um then we we just said at the time my girlfriend had been tra was traveling in europe already uh and so i said i'm gonna I, i'm gonna book a ticket to to europe my friend had to finish some th things up here in uh, in the U.S. and then we both decided to meet up in Portugal and restart <laughs> what what our plan was, our trip, and just make it a kind of a travel trip by plane instead of by van. Got it. Uh, and so that's that's kind of how that all manifested. So, how many countries did you did you go to? Um, you know, um, I never actually counted. You never counted. Um, I never counted. Um, I'd say probably around ten. Um, okay. We didn't want to. It's always a balance when when traveling. You know, you always want to get new experiences, but you don't want to rush it um, and take the fun out of it. And so, it really, we just went by feel. Um, I think Portugal, we might have spent a little too. I think we spent like five weeks in Portugal, uh, Kenya. So we spent like a month. Uh, Kenya. So we spent like a month in South Africa, like a month. And then there were some um, that we only spent, you know, a, a weekend. Um, and part of it just has to do, you know, the people you meet. Uh, the activities going on and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, we started just in general, we started up in um, kind of Western Europe, Portugal, Spain, and then we primarily stayed in Africa and the Middle East for the remainder of the trip, which actually worked really well. If, if we're thinking about, you know, working and traveling, 
it's actually a really good time zone because you get those mornings to do kind of your activity up until around lunchtime. And then after lunchtime, it, you're working. And, and that winds up with kind of East Coast business hours, which, which ended up being really yeah, nice. Cool. Um, and that's always something, you know, traveling around, we always meet a lot of pe- We always met a lot of people that it's funny, like you always think, oh, what an obscure concept, like traveling and yeah. working, uh, yeah. working. Um, and as soon as you start doing that, you realize that there's like there's a whole com- there's a huge community out there, people that are doing this. Um, I guess like the, the technical term is like this digital nomad. I kind of hate the term, but <laughs> that's that's what some people call some it. People call them, yeah, um, yeah. And so, but but in all seriousness, it's a huge community. And so we we would meet people all the time. A lot of the people um, that we met that were from the U.S. had uh, were, were also working in like you know Central and South America a lot. Again, for that time zone reason. Um, yeah. But depend, also depending on the you know the, the your job description, you could it could be flexible. Maybe if you're a developer. Um, you can go work in Asia and it doesn't matter if you're working at nighttime. But for me as a product manager, it definitely, something for me, I I needed to make sure that my time, time zone lined up with kind of the meetings that I would have, uh, while while working, uh, while while working. Now, so, I mean, it's, it's such a cool idea. And I think so many people, and again, obviously right now in the middle of COVID people are not doing this, right? I'm sure. Yeah, but. Uh, I think I think for a lot of people, this is a dream they have to, to really travel and, and have that opportunity. And it will be interesting once COVID is over, you know, knock on wood, uh, when that happens. Um, right. I know that I know our pharmaceutical community will uh, will figure this out. But once it's over, it'll be interesting to see how many people don't go back to the office full time. I'm really curious to kind yeah. of see what the shift looks like there, uh, because I think so many companies have now proven that employees can work from home or, or wherever, yeah. right? And it doesn't matter. They don't have to be physically in an office. So it's, I'm, it's just gonna be really interesting to kind of see what that looks like post-COVID yeah. as far as how, what does the future of work look like, right? And are more people going to do what you just mentioned? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, it's also fascinating. I always, I, it's also fascinating. I always, I, I'm also hearing, you know, I'm sure you have too, a lot about, you know, the, a lot of people moving out of these big cities, New York City, San Francisco, Right. People are people are just going away because the rent's so high, and at, at the moment there's just not that that need to be there. And so, it, yeah, to your point, it'll become it'll be interesting. One, how how comfortable you know corporations are to letting that happen in one in one aspect, and then on the other side, it's um, the willingness of people. Because on the flip side, you know, traveling traveling is great, but if you're just working from home. Five five days a week that could get tough too. You know, you want to have some social interaction. Yeah, so, absolutely. No, it'll be to your point. It'll be interesting. Um, I think the hardest part traveling, honestly, was, and this could be alleviated depending on your selection of where you want to travel to. But for us, in, in certain parts of Africa and and the Middle East, it was really challenging sometimes to hop on a call. They, I've had some. Well, they, I've had some business meetings in some pretty obscure places in the world, which is kind of funny, but right. um, it's about that internet access. And to be honest, sometimes it's just the, the VPN with the SIM card that you bought is the best option, just doing a mobile hotspot off that. Um, so other than that, I think you can pretty much make most places work if you're in a good time zone and you have reliable internet, you're, you should be good, yeah. So, so what was the, what was the, your favorite experience from your time traveling like what was 
what was the one thing that you would you would share with people about if they asked you how the trip was that you'd be like i did this or i went here and it was just unbelievable yeah uh, i mean there's so many different things for different reasons that were really cool uh, the people we met were just re really interesting from all over the world and um and even the people that we met from the u.s super interesting backgrounds um i'd say that kind of the craziest thing we did kind of the craziest thing we did was in kenya we did like a week and a half motorcycle trip like up through northern kenya on these like pretty beat up rented motorcycles and uh oh, we wow. just we just got into these situations where like and they were so bad like they'd break they'd break down almost like every other day and so and we'd be in the middle of nowhere with with you don't you don't have anything and so one of us would just drive you know i think there was one time we had to drive for like five miles on my own to find someone who could call a friend who knew something about these motorcycles who would then hop on the back of my bike and go drive back and then we'd like see if he could fix it for it it was just it was kind of a wild experience but it, i'm i'm glad it, it all worked out we both had a couple wipeouts <laughs> but, but it all worked out well we're glad we're glad you made it home safely yeah. so so let, let's let's uh and i just I, I really think it was great for you to share that experience because again i think so many people dream of what you just talked about but i think you you gave talked about but i think you you gave some really concrete you know examples of how you did it and how you made it happen and and why your manager let you make it happen right and how yeah. you're successful which i think is great um so what what i want to ask the question what's next right so um and i i asked that for you because you know you're always you're always kind of innovating and creating and you're always testing and learning and 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 you know to your point you're 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 really you're, you love innovation you keep going that path so what yeah. i mean any, anything that you want to share with us about like what you think is next for your career and and what really excites you about you know where where maybe uh, health is going yeah i mean I, I i'm definitely excited to see um kind of where signet goes as a company i know there's a lot of exciting things in the pipeline there but um just personally i i I love the product thing to your point. I definitely want to keep going in in the innovation and creation, innovation and creation space. Um, right. Understand how we can help, you know, uh, customers innovate uh, or innovate for customers rather um, and build on some of those um, services uh, from, from a health perspective that we provide. Um, I think from a location perspective, probably currently I'm buckled down in, in Hawaii for COVID, but probably back on the East coast for a bit afterwards. Um, and then maybe somewhere on the West coast, but, um, always continuing kind of that, that same product. Definitely want to stay in product development. That's something that I've absolutely come to love and, and kind of proud of the work I've done there. I think one thing, one thing that I think people would find interesting is how do you keep up with everything around, health innovation and technology like is there how do you how do you how do you kind of stay informed right because you, you need to understand you, you need to understand everything going on in the health world and the technology world even though you're not physically building something right you have a team of people that are doing it but how, how do you stay informed on all this stuff going on like what's your what's your go-to for learning about that and understanding everything yeah it's just having a good network um it's at least at cigna it's being in touch with um, all the product teams themselves, right? And each of those product teams have their own strategy roadmap. So understanding where everyone's eyes are, what they're looking at, 
uh, and then internally and then externally understanding what's the market doing? What are the new newest innovations, technologies coming out and how are those benefiting, you know, um, the, the people that we're trying to help and seeing how, you know, the, the ideal solution from our perspective is, can we tie the two together? Is there something that is on the, the product roadmap that we think a new solution that just came out on the market uh, or that's been growing on uh, or that's been growing on the market recently could help us with and then combining the two, building a product around that. Interesting. Well, I appreciate yeah. you making time, Stephen. I mean, fascinating journey. Uh, again, yeah. you're still very early on in it, but I think you've accomplished quite a bit. And I love your like, I can just hear the passion in, when you talk about what you do to help customers and right and to help people's health and, and, and help them help them get better, which I love. So I always close the same question for every guest. Because I brought you on here because I think you had a fascinating journey that I wanted you to share with everyone. What is that one piece of advice you would give to people that's helped you reach your full potential? So, so what has helped make Steven so successful in your career? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably boil it down. Um, the first and foremost is just um, you're just following the passion. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you've heard that many, many other times on here. But um, that to me has been uh, absolutely uh, important. And um, sometimes that can change, you know, part, sometimes that can change, you know, part of it's being open minded, right? But every time I've made a change, it's always, in my mind, really been for the for the better, right? So that's going the medical health route, going the entrepreneurial route. Um, those are things that I'm really passionate about, and, and that have made, made me excited. And so I don't think you can go wrong if you follow the passion, because at least you'll be excited in doing that. Um, and then I guess the only other thing would just being persistent, right. While also being patient, um, it's not all going to happen right away. But I think if you're just persistent over time, I mean, I've countless times, different, like, you know, little innovations or things that don't go as planned, but just being persistent, I think has been really important for me as well. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And you, you mentioned not everything is just going to happen right away. Right. I think that's. Yeah. That alone, I think, is is a very powerful statement because I think it's a very powerful statement because I think with so many things, we have access to everything. Everything's so instant these days, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you want to watch a show, you go watch a show. You want to listen to a song, you listen to a song. You want to find something, right. you you want to understand and learn something, you go Google it, right? Uh, but careers take time, right? And, it, and careers don't happen overnight. To your point, so I think that's, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And I love the following your passion because I think everyone listening and or watching this has probably had a job in their life when they would wake up in the morning and feel that pit in their stomach yeah. and not want to go to work and it's like the worst feeling ever but on the flip side to your point you don't even you don't even feel like you're going to work if you love what you do and you have a passion for it so um great advice thank you so much um i i i, I just appreciate you making time uh, even because I know you're a little bit behind in Hawaii right now, so it's not not quite eight o'clock Eastern where, where you started. But thanks for making time and joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to hear more interviews, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. You can also connect with us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to check out our website fullpotentialmovement.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and be well.